There it is. All right. Welcome, 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 everybody. It feels like I have been gone forever. I have missed you all. I really have. Uh, and I'm excited because today we're going to get into a really good, interesting topic with an awesome guest, as always. So uh, tune in. We're going to have some fun. Y'all ready to rock and roll? I am. Let's go. Practicing polyamory. Real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, all right, we're back. It's a beautiful Tuesday. Before we jump in and chat with today's guest, I want to remind everybody that normally we do three shows a week. Last week it was just one, this week it's just two, but normally we're doing three shows a week, so there's a lot of opportunity for you all to ask questions. If you have questions about your relationships or if there's a specific topic that you'd like to hear discussed on the show, slide into my DMs. Follow the show on all social media platforms at Practicing Polyay. Uh, let me know what it is that you want us to talk about. And as always, I want to remind you, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a welcome guest to be on the show. We're here to share our imperfect stories. And I want to get as many voices as possible to speak here because I know that the more stories we hear, the more others will see us in themselves. And the more representation we have, the more we can strengthen our community. So go to practicingpolyamory.com. Sign up today. All right, everybody. That's my spiel. Now to the best part of the show, which is introducing our awesome guest. Our guest today is a sex-positive intersectional feminist who operates as both an asex-certified sex therapist and as a coach. Regardless of which role she plays for you, she practices from a holistic and mindful approach so that together you can spend time exploring things like attachment, internal family systems, and at times even utilizing hypnosis to go deep in your personal growth work. Our guest is person-centered and has an entire toolbox at her disposal to make sure that overcoming your biggest struggles happens in a way that feels right to you. Whether you're navigating anxiety, opening up a relationship, having trouble in the bedroom, or looking to improve your emotional intimacy, our guest can help. One thing that our guest has learned during her years of working with polyam folks is that people often enter poly as a result of wounding in their past dating. And as they enter this new way of relating, old attachment wounds pop up and magnify those insecurities. I am sure that a lot of you folks can relate. So let's dive in and see what we can learn from today's awesome guest. Joining us today out of Chicago, Illinois, welcome to the show, Heather Shannon. <laughs> All right, getting a little energy to get the, get the mood going. Heather, yeah. welcome to the show. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me, James. I love your energy. It is contagious, so I'm already having fun. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I want to make sure that this is fun, but also informative. So let's uh, mm. get right into things. Tell me just a little bit about yourself. Uh, kind of set us up so that we know you know, your credibility, where you're coming from, what your background is, uh, and yeah. then we're getting into our topics. Yeah. So I've been in private practice as a psychotherapist for about 10 years. Um, and the whole time, you know, I've been working with people on relationships and sexuality. Um, a few years ago, I decided, you know, let's, let's make this more official. And I signed up for the University of Michigan 
uh, sexual health certificate program. I did both the sex therapy and the sex education tracks. And then I also did the ASEX process to become a certified sex therapist. And really for me, like what my practice is about is, you know, sexual diversity and people being as authentic as they can possibly be and not following any sort of prescriptive path if that's not really what works for them. For sure, for sure. I mean, we all know that our society in general is pretty sex negative. So to be able to bring a sex positive uh, uh, background, sex positive approach is super, super helpful. What are some of the things that you see? What are especially when it comes to like polyamory? In fact, why polyamory? What makes you want to help people specifically uh, in non-monogamous, non-traditional relationships? Yeah. Part of why I love just, you know, sexual diversity in general is because anyone who's not following kind of the standard prescribed path has had to do some self-reflection, you know, and really Mm -hmm. look at what do I want? What works for me? Not just what is handed to me and, you know, date and then, you know, have sex and get engaged and get married and have the house in the suburbs with the 2.5 kids and the dog. Relationship escalator, right. Exactly. So if we're not on the relationship escalator, so the people that come to me, I think tend to have already um, done some really conscious work on like, Mm -hmm. what do they want in their lives? And so I, I love being able to support that because when you're going a little bit against the grain of society or the relationship escalator, you might need some support. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm struggling with what do I want in my life? I've been sitting here journaling most of today, actually trying to figure that out. What do you tell people? What, how, how do you help people figure out what they want? Or, or well, actually you said that people come to you and they already know what they want. Well, do any of us really know what we want? Like, I think you're right. <laughs> like polyamory podcast. It doesn't mean you have everything all figured out, you know, mm-hmm. and what we want one week isn't what we want the next week, you know, but I think to just be on that journey. And so I think part of it is being really gracious with ourselves of, you know, how can we just like allow ourselves the space to be imperfect and to try things and know that some things might work long-term and some t- things might work short-term and that, it's all welcome, you know, and it, we learn from all of it. And that I think there's sometimes this desire to like, I want to figure out like what's going to work for me forever. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that's a myth, <laughs> you know, um, that no one static thing is going to work forever. And even if you're monogamous, you know, that's, you're going to have to grow and change and evolve within that too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you say it and I'm like, ding, light bulb, <laughs> right? Like, You're right. What I want today is not the same thing that I wanted 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I think there are some core things probably that generally stay the same, but I'll, I'll tell you the truth. 10 years ago, uh, I definitely was not thinking that I would be polyamorous and, you know, having multiple partners that was like not on my purview at all. 10 years ago, 27, I still wanted, you know, I think I was still hoping to get married and have kids at some point. And now I'm like, "Eh." (laughs) so who knows what the next 10 years will bring and exactly 37 year old me it's a fun adventure you know it can be kind of like a wild a wild ride at times and we don't know what's around the corner but i think it also forces us to be really present to our Mm -hmm. lives and not think like well this is just what i'm going to do um but to actually just be present today that is so so super important um, so and this just kind of brings, brings a question to mind. 
when mm-hmm. you are working with somebody uh, specifically on the coaching side, because I know coaching is more goal oriented as opposed mm-hmm. to therapy. So specifically on the coaching side of things, if you were working with someone like me, who's like, shoot, I don't know what I want. Like, is your primary goal to help somebody figure out what they want? Or is it more like to set goals once they actually have it figured out? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned in the intro that I'm person-centered. And so that means I'm really meeting people where they're at. So like, if you were to come in, I would, I would meet you where you're at. I'd be like, okay, so your goal is figuring out what do you want? And let's start throwing things out on the table. And what are, what are your reservations about some of these ideas and what excites you about some of these ideas and to just start exploring. Um, and sometimes what you find is like, oh, well, this thing that I'm perceiving as an obstacle, like maybe that's not such an obstacle or, you know, oh, I feel like I should be excited about this thing, but I'm, I'm actually not really. So, mm-hmm. you know, once you start tossing it out on the table and exploring it, things tend to become a bit more clear. Got it. Got it. Okay. So I'm not going to throw a curveball at you. <laughs> Let's say I didn't hire you for coaching. I hired you for therapy and I had the same concern. I don't know what the heck I'm doing on this planet. How does it change your, how does it change your approach? You know, it's interesting, like the difference between coaching and therapy, because um, I, I think with I think there's a lot of overlap, honestly, and yeah. I, and I think sex and relationship uh, coaching or therapy, it, like it lends itself well to coaching. Really, the therapy model is within the medical model. It's more of like a you know diagnosis type of thing, and like it's supposed to be medically necessary. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that somebody's um, having issues that are interfering with their work life, with their relationships, with, that, with any kind of core area of their life. So if, if your indecision, if your lack of knowing what's going on is interfering to that degree, then it's like we kind of try to bring you from like not functioning very well up to like a normal level. Whereas coaching is more like you're already in the normal range. There's nothing medically diagnostic. Now let's take it to the next level and really get you like thriving. So that, that's it. You, the difference okay. is really either way, there's going to be goals. <laughs> you know that if we don't know where we're going, how can we get there? Right? Yes, exactly. So totally. Okay. All right. So let's dive into some of this, uh, the, this content that we're, that we're talking about when yeah. polyamory magnifies insecurities, attachments, mm. tell me about what it is that inspired you to write that as your answer of the thing that you've learned most about polyamory? Is it a specific story? Is it a specific uh, client? Or is this just like a general pattern that you're seeing kind of all the way across your 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 practice? Yeah, that's actually a really interesting question. I think that in my, I guess even just in my personal life, people I know who have been polyamorous as well, a lot of times there was a marriage, there was some long-term monogamy, and there was sort of just this disconnect. Like it just didn't really work. It didn't really feel authentic. It maybe even felt harmful. It maybe even felt like the person wasn't being authentic. I've also um, worked with a few clients who are um, you know, opening relationships to various degrees that maybe came from like a really religious conservative background. And so there mm-hmm. just hadn't been that opportunity to explore. And like, you've talked about sex negativity. It's kind of like multiply that by 10 when right. you're in a very conservative religious upbringing. And so then people. It's like, worse. It's so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Crack me up. Um, so yeah. So yeah. So people are really working through kind of trauma almost 
based on like the super conservative, you know, upbringings, whether I guess whether it's religious or not, it tends to be religious. But um, so, yeah, so that so that's one that people are working through. Um, And how does it how does how do those insecurities come up? Like uh, when you are. okay, I'm thinking back to my own opening up. Um, And I mean, I was always, you know, especially in my younger years, I was. Uh, I was very possessive, mm. right? I remember a lot of relationships, a lot of my early relationships ending. Uh, I was <laughs> obsessive and possessive. It was, it was <laughs> a really bad combination, you know, yeah. thinking that that it was a good thing. You know, this hopeless romantic is what I, you know, referred to it as where I just fall hard. I fall fast. And yeah. like this person becomes my entire world and anything that threatens that relationship, it's like right. jealousy on steroids. So, so that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm sure happens. Oh yeah. Um, what is it? I guess I'm trying to, to to figure out what's at the root of it, right? We we talk about yeah. attachment theory yep. mm-hmm. and and attachment wounds, like, mm-hmm. and that's where that's where the the nitty gritty is. Is how do we attack these things? How how is it that this jealousy that's showing up in uh, or or whatever the insecurities? is that's showing up in my relationships. How do I figure out where it's coming from and mm-hmm. start attacking that? Yeah, there's, I mean, this is a great question. I think attachment is so key to all of our relationships. Um, a lot of things that I work with people on are sometimes it's starting with a book, you know, there's the attached book, there's the poly secure book. I think that learning and educating yourself about attachment styles and understanding um, what caused them, what perpetuates them, what are the patterns, how can you realize if you're falling into the patterns, just the awareness is a really good first step. And then to go a little bit deeper and work with them, um, there's a couple options. So you mentioned internal family systems in my introduction as well. I love that as a way to work on attachment because um, sometimes I think the prevailing wisdom out there is like, well, just find a secure partner, you know, which I think really disempowers <laughs> us. It's like, no, first of all, that's only half the population. What about the other half of the people? Um, but secondly, it's like, it, it's kind of passive. It's like, you don't know when you're going to find that person. So what can you do to work with yourself in the meantime? Um, I think meditation is great. I think learning to be with yourself is so important so that you're not looking to a partner to, be your everything. Like you mentioned the obsessive possessive. It's kind of like, we don't have that sense of security. We don't have that sense of wholeness maybe within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think what's often happening is that we're abandoning ourselves on some level, you know, and a lot of people that I've spoken to as well are trying to open up a relationship because they want validation of their attractiveness, maybe, you know, or like, Hey, I didn't have enough experiences dating or sexually. I want to go have more. I need, you know, more, more, more sometimes because there's that feeling of emptiness mm-hmm. um, inside. And, it, and maybe for some of those people, it's the right fit for them anyways, to be in a polyamorous uh, situation. But, um, but first kind of working on those wounds or and if you don't, you're going to wind up working on them within your relationship. <laughs> They're they going to pop up. They will pop up. So, so I think meditation, learning to be with ourselves, it could even just be as simple as, you know, noticing 
what do you want someone else to say to you? You know, like you can even do a mirror exercise where it's like, okay, what I really want is for someone to be like, it's going to be okay. And you know, you're wonderful and you're amazing. So doing an exercise, we actually look in your own eyes in the mirror. And then you say those things that you wish someone else would say to you. So it's really like you showing up, you being your own security with internal family systems, you can also do some parts work. So the idea with that is that we have our self energy or higher consciousness. And that is where we're calm and we're secure and we're giving and we're compassionate and intuitive and just like all these great kind of higher self qualities. But then we also have these parts that tend to get exiled away that feel unlovable and not good enough and shameful and you know all those things that are harder to be with so the idea that like if we can access our self energy and then be with those parts that have tended to get shoved away and exiled that that can be very healing and that can happen within ourselves within our own system which i think is just incredibly powerful i i love it 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 really sounds like you are advocating for a lot of um self-sufficiency, self-reliance, mm-hmm. um, autonomy, a lot of things that, um, I mean, I definitely struggled with when, when I was younger, you know, like talking about these, these obsessive possessive, you know, yeah. I, I definitely was all about the, my better half and, yeah. you know, this person completes me and all of that. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like everything that you're saying is no, you're a whole person yes. just by yourself and you 100%. don't need all of that. Um, there was a phrase that you used. It was, uh, you said, when, when we're abandoning ourselves, mm-hmm. um, what, what did you mean by that exactly when, when you're talking about abandoning ourselves? Yeah. So like when you were talking about the obsessive possessive thing, that made me think of more of an anxious attachment style. And I, I also have a history of a more anxious attachment style. And one of the things I discovered through my own work was like, oh my God, it's almost like almost like there was this little mini Heather in my heart center. And she would just, I would just give her away to whoever I was dating. Mm. <laughs> um, or it can, even, it can even be your best friend. It can be your parents, but it's like often the people that we're romantically involved with. And so I would just kind of like give her away and there would be this sense of emptiness. And then if that person didn't take proper care of my mini Heather, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, then I would feel this like empty panicky thing. Cause like she wasn't in there. And so I, it's all kind of metaphorical, but Basically, what that might look like in more of a concrete way would be um, looking to someone else to feel happy, looking to someone else to feel validated, looking to someone else to manage your emotional state. And so to realize like, oh, no, I need to take care of, you know, my inner child or my mini Heather or whatever it is or my exiled part. I need to show up for her. I need to give her the love. I need to give her the space. I need to give her the time and let her know that, you know, she's safe and she's okay here with me. I love that. I love that. as you were saying that, as you were uh, explaining that, um, I was I was a little I was getting a little bit worried uh, because <laughs> it sounded like, you know, again, going back to my hopeless romantic self, right, that I would give my heart away. And, you know, I still feel that I that I that I give my heart away. I, I know that there's like this this point in a relationship where I'm like, OK, like you have all of me. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that I'm giving all of me to multiple people, but you know, like you have you have this part of me that mm-hmm. that you you can break me, you know, like if, mm-hmm. if, if you leave me, if you, like mm-hmm. whatever, it's gonna it's gonna mess me up. Right. right. Um, and when you're talking about this little heather that you were giving away, yeah, when as you were continuing on, I was like, okay, so so there's a difference between putting all of my happiness on these people instead of you know 
con- uh, uh, counting on myself for my own happiness. Right. There's a difference between that versus actually like authentically and fully connecting yes. with someone. Yes. That's that's where I want to to dig in a little bit. Um, how do we how do we manage that? How how do we know the difference between relying on somebody else for my happiness, my joy, my security, my this, that, or the other versus allowing myself to be vulnerable and to connect and to love wholly and deeply. How do I tell the difference there? I love that. Uh, I think that's just a beautiful intention. I also think when we get really clear on our intentions like that, like they wind up happening. Um, But so I I think you can distinguish. So I mentioned kind of our self energy and kind of our higher self versus, you know, exiled parts that are kind of holding on to like our wounds and traumas. So you can tell, like you can tell when you're in your self energy because you're not necessarily looking for a bunch of things in return. Um, You're not leading from a place of insecurity. There is that sense of wholeness. There is that sense of calm. You can kind of notice, am I really anxious with where I'm coming from and how I'm connecting with my partner? Or am I feeling already kind of secure? And I'm like, I just, I just want to cuddle them, just to cuddle them. I'm not cuddling them because I feel needy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So just noticing like what type of energy, what kind of emotion is that coming from can really help okay. us work that out. I get it. I get it. And now, now I'm thinking about the journey. Yeah. <laughs> where we're opening up our relationship and all of these new experiences and all of these new feelings and all of these maybe old emotions are resurfacing mm-hmm. and we're not in control, right? The jealousy is taking hold and, and we're, we're losing ourselves in it. So mm-hmm. how do we find that calmness that you're talking about? How do we, how do we get yeah. to this? I'm okay within myself. I can let my partner let, I can I can be okay when my partner is out with someone else mm-hmm. because I am whole within me. How do I get there? Yeah, it's definitely a journey, that's for sure. Um, I think looking at it, like, like this is where I think polyamory is like amazing because it really gives the opportunity to face some different challenges and obstacles. And that's how we grow, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're having these opportunities in different relationships and you're experiencing maybe different sides of the dynamic in different relationships too. Um, so the, the first thing is, I think what is in our culture, we tend to shove uncomfortable feelings aside, just like, no, 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 I don't want to feel that. Um, <laughs> okay. Step one is just like, I am jealous. I have a part, I have a jealous. Uh I think the parts language can be really helpful to think like, okay, there's an aspect of me that's jealous. Not all of me, but there's a part. There's a part Mm -hmm. that's jealous. Okay, okay. That can be kind of like a helpful way just right after that. Like compartmentalizing. Yeah, a little bit. Um, And to make space for that part. So a lot of this, like building security in ourselves is like holding space for your own internal system. Right. So we have like our self energy, but we also have parts that try to manage our lives that try to control sometimes that maybe get jealous or that, you know, uh, can be irritable or avoid things. Um, and so to just acknowledge like, OK, I have a part that's an avoiding avoiding an important conversation. I have a part that is jealous and to feel it. So yeah. step one, feel it, because if you just try to shove it away, it will just it'll be like, hey, 
I was trying to get your attention, James, and you weren't listening to me. Now I'm just going to yell at you louder next time. <laughs> no, it's like, that's, that's what our parts tend to do. So hold space for them. Acknowledge them. Be curious about them if you can. Notice if you're, like, hating on the part of you that's doing that. Um, like and you guilt even, or shame? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, if guilt or shame pops up, you might be like, oh, aren't I past that? I shouldn't have to feel that anymore. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, let's just focus on the positive. And then there's a tendency to kind of shove it away. So I think just being with it, we can learn a lot. Um, and knowing it's not going to break us. And also, when we really feel the feeling without having a story about it. So like I feel, um, what would, what would be an example you would use? Like what's a tough feeling to be with that you feel like pops up a lot? Uh, loneliness. Okay. I'm feeling lonely. Yeah. Maybe my partner's out. I'm feeling lonely. I don't have anything to do right now. Um, so it could be like, Oh, I shouldn't be lonely. I should just call some people or like, Oh, I shouldn't be lonely. I should just, you know, stay busy. Um, but instead to be like, okay, I'm lonely. What does that feel like in my body right now? What if I just like really, really acknowledge that? It's like, oh, it feels like a little bit of a pit in the stomach or it feels just kind of hollow or I feel like ungrounded or just sad and heavy and weighed down. So whatever it is, just noticing where in your body do you feel it? How do you feel it? And then being curious, do I have a story about that loneliness? Is there a thought that's causing the loneliness? Could be like, well, yeah, my partner's been on more dates than I've been lately, or like I've been spending more time on my own, and like it's really not fair. It's not even. This is not how I thought it would go. And so there could be a story of like it's not fair, or this person doesn't care about me that we're latching onto that's not actually based in fact. So then we can be like, oh, interesting. You know, like that. That's just a thought that's that's making me sort of cling to the loneliness because if mm-hmm. we really just feel it, it tends to pass through. It's more like, it could be like, here's come, <laughs> I do this with my clients all the time. Here comes the loneliness. I don't want to feel it. And then there's this resistance, like, no, no, loneliness, stay over there. And then loneliness is like, no, I'm, I'm still here. And there can be this resistance. And what happens is like, there's a battle. And then it's kind of staying within your energy. It's like, Ooh. okay. But when you like stop resisting, then it's like, oh, okay, it keeps passing through. Wow. Wow. That's good <laughs> stuff. That is good stuff. I'm sitting here thinking of, uh, you know, times when I've felt, uh, you know, whatever, um, any number of things. I, I, I've always been pretty emotional, you know, in, in mm-hmm. general. Um, I joined the Navy because I got my heart broken to give you an idea how emotional I can be. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I, I think about these things and and this culture, especially for, for me uh, mm-hmm. as, as, as a man, boys don't cry right oh. and it wasn't until um <laughs> until my father-in-law uh sorry uh yeah, he, he passed away this year um uh until my father-in-law who taught me like it's okay for men to cry like yes. this was a big like strong big man mm-hmm. and he was just this teddy bear, you know, and, and, and he cried openly. And, uh, when you're, when you're talking about, you know, these feelings that, that they're trying to get through and, and like, I'm fighting him and they, they end up right here in front of me. And, and like, this is the worst part. This is like the worst places that, that they can be. And they just stay there because I keep fighting it. Whereas if I just allow those feelings yeah. to flow, just let the tears out, just let it go. Like, I am able to bounce back faster that way. 
yes. I'm able to bounce back faster yes. that way. But that doesn't always work, right? Like sometimes people will just cry and cry and cry and cry and like it doesn't get better. Well, what? so here's my thought on that. I think it Go does ahead. always work. <laughs> okay. But I mean, so the caveat is why do some people stay stuck in that? And I think it tends to be the thoughts and the stories that they're clinging to. So if you have a tape playing in your head of like, I'm lonely and I shouldn't be, what's wrong with me? I suck. That's like a pretty negative thing that could keep looping versus mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm lonely. I'm going to be kind to myself and I'm going to allow myself to feel it. And I'm going to allow that part to be present and give me any messages that it wants me to know versus like, Oh, I'm lonely. No one likes me. No one wants to date me. I don't have any friends. I think my partner likes their other partner better. You know what I mean? So it's like, there tends to be a lot of thoughts that like are happening. There. They can be kind of subtle, you know? So one of the other tools that I wanted to mention today, um, I've been really into the, uh, the life coach school and they have, um, something just called the model and they have like a free PDF on their website too. Um, and you look at what's the circumstance, just factually, objectively, what's my thought about it? What feeling tends to come from that thought? So it tends to be the thought leads to a feeling. Mm -hmm. And then when you're in that feeling state, we behave in a certain way. So it's like when we're right. feeling happy, we're like, cool, let's have a little dance party. And when we're feeling lonely, it's like, oh, I'm just going to go under a blanket and like feel sorry for myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So there tends to be different actions. Then we notice what action comes from that feeling. And then what's the result? You know, so it's like, well, if I just land under a blanket feeling bad about myself, I tend to feel worse about my life overall. If I'm having a dance party, I tend to feel like great, you know, so we start noticing what thought leads to what feeling leads to what action leads to what results. So starting to do that with ourselves. And it's just like a very simple format um, and noticing, okay, this thought is leading to a result I don't want. This other thought over here. Okay. That's getting me on the track I want to go to. So then we can start challenging ourselves and noticing mm -hmm. like, okay, let me switch the thoughts up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember which book I was reading this week. Uh, maybe it was the practicing stoic. I want to say it was the practicing stoic mm -hmm. um, where it talks about the one thing. Yes, that's exactly what it was. We can't control the things that happen around us. What yeah. we can control is our reaction, our thoughts. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, the thought is what leads to the feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I, yeah, I totally agree with that, the Stoic book. And and it can be fun. It can be very empowering instead of just like, oh, I have to be so disciplined with my thoughts. It can be like, no, you can allow the shitty thought to come up. But then to notice like, okay, is this really working for me? Like what chain of events? And to write it down, you know, and start seeing really clearly, okay, instead of telling myself no one wants to be my friend or date me, what if I just say like, oh, they're having fun with other people and that has nothing to do with me? Nothing. Yeah. I'm fun too. Cool. <laughs> I don't need you to have fun. I have fun on my own. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, Heather, I want to thank you so much. Uh, this time just flew right by. Really did. Um, before we uh, finish up here, is there, and I'm glad that, that you were able to talk about that one thing. Is there anything else that uh, you wanted to make sure that I asked, that you wanted to make sure to talk about anything that I might have missed? Yeah. Final thoughts. If you don't mind me giving a little bit of a plug, I am starting a, a membership program for sexual wellness and relationship health. 
um, that's going to be, I think, one of the first of its kind. So I'm excited to launch that. If people are curious to check it out and get on the wait list, it's uh, goodkissersclub.com. Um, and I'll be putting out tons of content like this about, you know, attachment stuff and IFS and, you know, sexual health and wellness and how to talk about sex with your partners and all that good stuff. All right. And that was uh, good, goodkissersclub.com. That's right. Boom. Threw that at the bottom so people can see that there. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube video, if not, then uh, goodkissersclub.com. Uh, also, if people wanted to get in touch with you, if they want to work with you either as a coach or Woo, a therapist, sure. uh, mm -hmm. tell us about how we can get in touch with you and any restrictions we may want to know about. Yeah, well, thank you. And yes, you have both my websites now at the bottom. So heathershannon.co um, is for coaching. Um, if you are an Illinois resident and you want to do psychotherapy, there's also a link on heathershannon.co where you can go over there and look into that. Um, and then we do a free consult. So, you know, it's me. I have an employee. I have an intern. So we have different price points, too. Um, we have you fill out a little consultation form, and then we try to, you know, pair you up with some resources, whether it's us or if we refer you out somewhere. Perfect. Uh, yeah. And uh, follow you on Instagram? Sure. Yes. Heather A. Shannon on Instagram. And uh, yeah, we're pushing out a little more content. I'm on TikTok as well. So yeah, having fun. And if people have questions, I love answering people's questions and creating content for it. So that's always fun for me too. Awesome. 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 All right, Heather. Well, I just want to thank you one more time. Uh, this really has been such a blast. Uh, this man. went by too fast. <laughs> I know it was fun. So thank you so much for having me on your show. This was great. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and thank you as always to our live audience for tuning in. Remember when we're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same can't be said for those podcast downloads. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live Monday through Wednesday, most weeks, uh, Pacific time or sign up for our Patreon where you'll get access to our commercial free RSS feed and support the show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, wherever it is that you're downloading your podcast. And if you haven't already, please leave us a review. We'll really appreciate it. That is all we've got for you all today. Thank you again, Shannon. Thank you as always for all of you tuning in. And as always, until next time. Have a nice day. Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicingpolya.